Thanks for uh, uh, sh- shouting out the show to your friends, families, and other folks out there. Because we're growing, I mean, we're growing by the minute here, you know. So I want to thank everybody for that. Okay, so now it is such a beautiful evening in the city of Chicago. You can tell that fall is is about to fall, right, <laughs> in a manner of speaking, right? Um, it's beautiful. It's nice. It's cool. It's not hot, muggy, or uh, nasty or anything like a, like that as it was a few days ago. But it's beautiful in the city of Chicago, and I hope everybody is having a great time. I hope you're happy and uh, not being sad or depressed or anything like that. We don't have time for that, do we? We don't have to have time to feel worthless, do we? We don't have time to feel uh, as if we can't do anything about what's going on. We don't have time to feel helpless, right? Well, anyway, a few weeks ago, or was it a week or a couple of weeks ago from, from the date of this show, from the date of the show, okay? Um, Michael Jackson turned 60 years old. Can you imagine that? I wanted to mention it on the show, but I was too busy probably screaming and yelling about something else. Anyway, he turned 60. Can you imagine a 60-year-old Michael Jackson? Wow. But his birthday just passed. And I wanted to talk about it, but like I said, uh, it slipped by me. But I'm saying something about it now, and I'm wishing him a happy belated birthday, 60th birthday. Wow, a few weeks ago, from the date of the show, uh, from the date of this episode of the show. And uh, it it was – and there were all kind of tributes to him and uh, concerts and stuff like that. Uh, to the late Michael Jackson, it's hard, it's still hard to believe he's dead. I mean, I mean, if you go and you look at some of his, uh, uh, if you go on YouTube, you can you can uh, you know check out any of his videos or his concerts and stuff like that, and it's hard to believe that he's dead. I mean, he's just as live alive as anyone could be when you're watching his concerts, his clips of his concerts, you know, his photographs and all that kind of stuff, and listening to his music. Um, it doesn't seem it doesn't seem like Michael's gone, but he's gone. He's gone, and uh, Aretha Franklin is gone. I mean, hey, wow, you know, Barry White is gone. James Brown is gone. Wilson Pickett is gone. You, th- I mean, T- Taylor is gone. I mean, you think BB King is gone? Um, no one gets out of this alive. We're all gonna die. Everybody's going to die. So I I don't really think people should fear death personally. I don't think people should uh, fear it because there's there's no stopping it. You know, it doesn't matter. You're not going to live to be 120 years old. You're not going to live to be 115. And you're lucky if you live to be 60. (laughs) In, In this climate we have now. But I guess what I'm trying to say is people. Um. People die. People die every day, even if it's from a gunshot wound or getting hit trying to cross the street. People die every day and all the time. But uh, we can try and and live the best life that we can, be the best person that we can. Uh, you know, you're not going to be cute and pretty and handsome forever. Your your looks are going to fade, and I always tell people that. You know. Uh, 
you're not going to be young all the time. You're going to get older. You're going to lose your looks. Your looks going to fade. The, the image in the mirror is going to change. Uh, so, I mean, if you good looking, do something with your life while you're young, you know, because we're all going to die. Everybody's going to die. Uh, no one's no one's going to get out of this alive, you know. Uh, but the good thing about this, folks, every time somebody dies, there's someone being born. So it kind of balances itself out. Uh, you know, someone dies, someone's born. Someone is born, someone dies. Uh, death is, is cruel. Cancer, diabetes, you name it, heart disease, uh, strokes, uh, all of this stuff is just cruel. It really is cruel. And I want to say that actor Burt Reynolds has passed away. You may know that already, uh, but still we have to try and try to mention it on the show. Actor Burt Reynolds has passed away. And it's saying here, it's being reported that he was 82 years old. And as I'm speaking now at the day this show is being broadcast, he is being remembered all around the world, all around America. So uh, death, I mean, it comes. It, it, it makes me sad when people that I rem- admire, people that I looked up to, people that I've listened to, watched growing up, passing away, dying. John McCain passed away. Aretha Franklin, you name it. Um, people die every day. And the thing about this uh, the reason why these people are getting so much attention because they're famous people. They have been in the spotlight. But you have so many people out here dying every day. You know nothing about. You don't know their names. You don't know what they've accomplished. If they've if they have accomplished anything, you don't know who they are. But people die every day. They just don't get the uh, uh, publicity and the notoriety that a lot of these famous. Uh, people get when they pass away but people die every day all the time but you really don't you really don't uh, notice dying as much as when someone you've looked up to for a long time someone who's famous dies you know Uh, nobody can live forever I mean people die people are born babies are born infants are born uh, it, it balances itself out. So my thinking is no one should be afraid to die. No, Everybody should know that they're going to die. I don't care if you're 15 years old and you, you're the hottest thing in your school or whatever. Uh, if you make it to 50 to 60 years old in life, you're very lucky and you've done something good. So and, and and I want to say something about that. Also, I think when people reach 65, 70, 75, 80 years old, 90, those folks are here because they did something right. They've lived, they've did something right and so uh, egregious that they live for that long. You don't get to be 60, 65, 70 years old, 75 years old without have done something right in your life in order to live for so long I mean my thing is if you live to if you live any if you live to be 90 that's that's success to me that is totally success 
I mean, you've done something. You've lived to be 90, and you still have your faculties. You still can think. You don't have Alzheimer's. You don't have dementia. I mean, your brain cells are still working. Of course, some things have uh, diminished, but you know who you are, and you know who your family members are. So I, th- I, I would think that I would, I would see that as success. You've lived a long time, but still in all, you made it to 90. Let's hope you make it to 91. There may be a chance you may not make it to 91. Maybe in some cases you'll make it to 95. That's success, especially still having your faculties together. That's great, but eventually you're going to die, but you live so long. And then some people, when they get 85, 90 years old, they're ready to go. I mean, the pain, the misery, I mean, and if you're on, uh, if you're getting treatment for cancer, you want to say to hell with that. Uh, Just let me die. Just like uh, McCain did. I mean, he, he said, I don't want to take any more of this mess. I don't want any more tubes. I don't want to go through any more uh, cancer screening or anything like that. Just take that garbage off me and let me go home and die. And that, and that is exactly what happened. That's, and that's the same thing that happened to um, uh, the first Bush, his wife, um, Barbara Bush. Yeah, Barbara Bush. She said the same thing. Uh, look, uh, take that crap off of me, the tubes and all of this stuff. Stop giving me medicine. I'm 90-something years old or I'm heading that way. Let me go. I've lived a great life. I lived a full life. Uh, I'm, t- I'm ready to go. And suddenly... Uh, she was gone, you know, uh, John McCain, gone, because they requested it. They could have, they, those two people, Barbara Bush and John McCain, they could have still been here with us, but they chose to stop their medication. They chose to stop treatment for the disease, and they chose death. You know, they they actually chose that. John McCain said, uh, uh, and I agree with him. I mean, you live and you die. You live and you die. But the, but the sad thing is that Donald Trump, the sad thing is that Donald Trump doesn't say anything about these people, doesn't give them good wishes. He doesn't go to the funerals. He doesn't honor them. He just doesn't give a damn. I mean, he didn't honor John McCain. He did not honor Aretha Franklin. He did not honor, and obviously he's not going to honor Burt Reynolds either. He's not going to say anything. The only thing he, <laughs> but anyway, uh, as I was saying, if I can get back on point, I, it's, it's, it's inevitable that we're all going to pass away. We're all going to die. No doubt about that. So I, I'm not afraid of death. If it comes, it comes. Actually, if <laughs> I can probably escape a few things. <laughs> but anyway, uh, everybody dies. It doesn't matter how old you are. You might be 16, 17, 20, 25 years old. Who knows? Who knows how long you've got? You know. But nobody, nobody in their right mind wants to die. But we're going to die. We're going to die. Is there a heaven? I don't know. Is there a hell? I don't know. You don't either. We don't know what's beyond the sky or below us. 
But we do know we're going to die. There's been all kind of speculation, you know, all this kind of thing. And I, I think it's good to, to believe in something that may not exist. It's nothing wrong with people believing in a God. I mean, I think it's healthy for people to believe in a God or something. It may just, you know, prolong their lives. Do People ask me, do I believe in God? I think there is something out there, but I don't know what. If you call it a God, I don't know. Um, yeah, so it, it's hard to fathom a 60-year-old Michael Jackson. Wow. <laughs> In 10 years, you, you, you would say, wow, a 70-year-old Michael Jackson. Jesus Christ. But there is – but most of these famous people, they've left something behind. Burt Reynolds have left a lot of his music behind. He left a legacy behind him. He left music behind him. He, uh, he left a lot of uh, uh, movies. We can enjoy his movies. You know, uh, McCain, he, I mean, he left a life of being in the Senate and being captured uh, over in Vietnam. He's left something behind. He left a bit of history. Aretha Franklin, I mean, she left. Uh, a lot of her music behind. I mean, you can listen to Aretha Franklin all day long, just just as if you were listening to Whitney Houston, who's also gone. So, and she's left uh, a lot of her music uh, here with us. That's the, one of the things I think people should realize. If you're going to die, leave something behind where other people who are coming up can say, wow, Aretha Franklin was here. Listen to I never loved a man the way I loved you. Listen to Baby I Love You. Listen to her listen to her music before she actually became a soul star. Listen to her songs uh from when she was with Columbia Records singing standards way back in 61, 62. Aretha Franklin was doing it. Uh before she even came before she even recorded a song called I Never Loved a Man the Way That I Love You. Or even respect She's left something behind. John McCain has left something behind. Um, Burt Reynolds, the actor, has left something behind. These people are dead. They're gone. But they are immortalized because they've left something behind. They left something behind for the people who are coming up. So they can say, look at the Burt Reynolds movies. Wow, he was great. He was handsome. He was just a good actor. And I love his movies, even though he's dead. Same thing with Aretha Franklin. Man, I love her records. I love her songs. Uh, you know, I mean, it's soulful and all that kind of thing. She really had a voice on her. But she's dead. But we can listen to her music. John McCain, the same thing. Even though he wasn't a, a singer or, or a musician. Not that I know of. Okay, he could have been. But I guess I'm saying that um, death is inevitable. It's coming. I don't think many people should be afraid to die, but I do. I don't. I I don't disrespect people who believe in something, because believing in something may just uh, give them a little bit of uh, longevity. And uh, yeah, yeah, uh, I'm not afraid to die, and I don't think anybody should be. But you don't want to die uh, walking down the street, getting a gunshot through your head, 
anything like that. Natural causes is is the best way to go. But uh, you know, and you don't you don't want to die uh, in a lot of pain. You know. So anyway, that's it. I mean, you can disagree with me. You can agree with me. That's up to you. <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there, folks. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. We are glad to be on, folks. We, uh, we're we still trying to book guests for the show. That's coming in a couple of weeks. And uh, uh, we have some clips. We can always uh, lean on a clip or two here or there. Okay. And uh, people have people who are upset with Donald Trump, you have to remember, Trump has six separate active investigations going on against him. Any one of them could take him down for good. And a lot of people are saying, well, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, get him, get him, get him. You know? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know if anybody saw that video of Trump going off the rails. This guy is totally unhinged. Uh, he was in the White House uh, uh, and people were surrounding him and he was out there bitching about who wrote that op-ed against him. A seething op-ed Somebody within his administration, within the White House, wrote something, wrote an uh, article or an essay uh, to the New York Times about uh, trying to rein in Donald Trump to keep him from destroying America. And Donald, and we don't know who wrote it. Uh, you, I'm pretty sure if you're following this, you, you've, you've heard it. Uh, we don't know who wrote the op-ed, at least not yet. Uh, I'm not saying we will not know sometime in the future or. Once this show is over, as if I will not know. I don't know. But as of now, at, at this point, we don't know who wrote it. Because whoever wrote it, Donald Trump wants them out in front of a fire, firing squad. This guy is just so crazy. He's so nutty. He's so... I mean, you just can't really find enough adjectives, a negative ad- adjectives to describe this guy. I mean, he is out there. He should not be nowhere near... The White House. He should be thrown out on his ass as quick and as fast as uh, they could do it. But as I've been saying so many times on this show, we have a complicit Congress, and they will not do anything about this maniac, this madman in the White House. Donald Trump thinks he's some kind of a king. How can he think that? 80% to 85% of Americans can't stand his guts can't stand his guts and yet he thinks that what he says and and what he's doing that we support especially when what he's doing and saying is against America so uh, I don't know this this guy this op I I read the op-ed I've read uh, portions of it or and I have a summary I think it's a good piece, you know. I think it's great, but I understand the person not uh, uh, giving their name or, or telling us who they are. They're in fear of their job in the White House, and Trump is going around saying, "Well, I can't trust anybody. I can't trust nobody." As he throws his own children under the bus, it could, it could have been Mike Pence. It could have been Donald Trump Jr. It could have been Ivanka who wrote it. You know, um, but I guess we're going to find out who did this op-ed piece. I'm going to I'm going to take that article and I'm going to use it in one of my books. 
but I will give the author credit or the anonymous, anonymous person credit for writing it. Uh, I think it's a great op- op-ed. I'm going to use it in my, uh, as a, in my book, that I have a book coming up about Donald Trump. Yeah, I have a book. Uh, everybody's writing a book about Donald Trump, but only the people who are the most famous authors in the world who are doing books are being mentioned. You know, so there's a lot of books out there about Donald Trump, and they're just as negative, if not even worse, than the one that Bob Woodworth have have written. I've I've always been a fan of Bob Woodworth books. They are always so big and thick, as if they're over two thousand pages. I guess he just does diligent and 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 tedious kind of work to make sure that he gets everything right and donald trump says he's gonna sue um bob woodward for liable you can't sue (laughs) you can't sue him for liable uh for what are some of the things he says in the book about donald trump but let me say this if you try to sue bob woodward for liable thinking he said a false book about you you're going to get your butt ripped. Bob Woodworth is not going to write a book about anybody or say anything about anybody unless he has tapes, recordings, notes. He's got all kind of evidence to back up what he says. And, uh, and he also stands by his book. He stands by it. How many books have there been so far that we know of out in the public about Donald Trump and Donald Trump uh, uh, gets pissed off and angry and starts, you know, name calling and threatening people and threatening this. He cannot stop those books from being released. That's like stopping your book from being published and stopping mine from being published. You know, he can't stop anybody from publishing a book or Donald Trump is like, Rounder. I mean, you're in politics. You're out there in the public view. You're a public person. Expect to be criticized if you do something that is worth criticizing. Expect to be criticized. You're, you are a public person. You can't go around suing someone because they said something nasty about you. You can write your own book and and sort of rebut what other people are saying. Or you can just take it and try to do better if what they're saying is true. You want people to say nice things about you, then you have to do nice things. You can't expect people to say nice things about you if you're trying to destroy America. If you want to destroy America, you can't expect people to say nice things about you. But in Trump's world, it's all about Trump. I mean, this guy will throw his kids under the bus <laughs> to save his own ass. Uh, he's despicable. Throw his his uh, his own family under the bus, and he will attack anybody. He doesn't care who it is, Republican, Independent, Democrat. He will attack anybody who says anything negative about uh, him and his White House and the and I've said this yesterday Donald Trump should probably start on taking on the world because the world is saying things about it but he's going to try to get to those people who are close to him and the people who he has the power over uh, 
to try and ruin their lives because they say because they're calling him an asshole. Wow. Wow. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. show on Blog Talk Radio. We will be right back. Here is attacks on his own team, and he does. Donald Trump attacks his own team. All right, as usual, Donald Trump is unhinged about the uh, investigation uh, that the special counsel has against him. Uh, so it's going to be in a series of tweets, and then Jerry yeah, Falwell Jr. is going to join totally in. Agree. But it does take an extra maniacal twist here. So first, he starts on whatever lunatic conspiracy he's on today. He starts with the big story that the fake news media refused to report is low-life Christopher Steele's many meetings with Deputy Attorney General Bruce Orr and his beautiful wife, Nellie. Let's just pause. Why did he just mention the guy's wife and how attractive she is? <laughs> He's the president of the United States. That's... <laughs> I mean, we've gotten used to it, but could you imagine if Obama, in the middle of a tweet, was like, uh, look, I think what's happening here is uh, inefficacious. So that's the kind of words that Obama would use. Uh, by the way, uh, the guy I don't like, his wife is really hot. <laughs> what? Why would you say that out of nowhere? Right, anyway, it's Donald Trump. But let's get to the um, main event. So, bunch of nonsense, conspiracy, lunatic things. Okay, I hate the FBI. I hate the rule of law. I hate law enforcement. I got it. But then here comes the interesting part. He says, at the uh, end of this series of two tweets, he says, I have never seen anything so rigged in my life. Our attorney general is scared stiff and missing in action. It is all starting to be revealed, not pretty, uh, witch hunt, etc., right? He just said that his own attorney general, of course, Jeff Sessions, is scared stiff and missing in action. Now, I know that he's attacked Jeff Sessions before, and I know that we've gotten used to a president attacking his own attorney general, which previously was maniacal, unheard of, unprecedented. If you don't like your attorney general... You would do that in private, and you might want to actually take some action and fire him if it was legitimate. The reason he's not firing him, because it would look political, because it is political, because he said it over and over again. It's about his, uh, the Attorney General letting uh, investigations of the President continue, which, by the way, is his job. I've got a million problems with Jeff Sessions. The only thing he's doing right is actually enforcing the law and letting the special counsel continue. But, I mean, it's just, okay, it's, but now he says that He's missing in action, and he's scared stiff. Okay, so if you don't know, by the way, one of the reasons that he's doing this, other than because he can't help himself, is that, um, and it's, like, he shouldn't do it as a matter of optics, because it looks like he's trying to do obstruction of justice, which is exactly what he's trying to do. But one of the reasons he's doing it is to try to drive Jeff Sessions out, make the job so intolerable that out of pride he quits. So then he could go, okay, great, now I'll put in Rudy Giuliani or whatever hack to make sure that they fire the deputy attorney general that, and fire the special counsel, and then I'll go, oh, no, 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 we're just being fair and honest, right? And to his credit, Jeff Sessions won't quit. He's like, yeah, call me any name you like. I'm not quitting. Sad day for you. Okay, so God bless. I can't believe I'm about to say this, session, this sentence. God bless Jeff Sessions for that. I mean, these are crazy times. Jeff Sessions and I do not agree on anything. Okay, now extra layer of crazy. Jerry Falwell Jr. comes in. These are the guys who pretend to care about uh, morality and Christianity. He's a so-called evangelical leader. Uh, Of course, they care about no such thing. He's the guy who posed with Donald Trump in Donald Trump's office with a cover of the Playboy with Donald Trump's face on it right next to them in the picture. 
Uh, of course, you know all of Donald Trump's uh, immorality, and, and Falwell doesn't care and enthusiastically supports him. But now he comes in with this insane tweet. He says, are there any grown-ups with integrity left in the Department of Justice? Okay, good question. I mean, that the people enforcing the rule of law? Hold on, let's keep going. He said, when I was a kid, I watched Republicans join Democrats to force Nixon out. Okay, so far so good. Agreed. So I guess he's saying that the Republicans should do their job and, and their oath to the Constitution and make sure they enforce the rule of law, right? No. It then takes a turn. Now Democrats won't join Republicans to lock up Comey, Lynch, or Rosenstein, Strzok, Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, and maybe even Jeff Sessions, despite damning evidence. <laughs> the lunatics are running the asylum. This leader of the evangelical community is saying we should lock up former President Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton, and that the Democrats should join the Republicans in locking them up with actually no evidence at all. Nothing, based on absolutely nothing and that they should lock up rosenstein which is trump's deputy attorney general but then on top of that the cherry on top is now trump's friends and allies are saying we should imprison his own attorney general we can't get used to this this is this is insanity defined we have a president who is mentally unstable and a bunch of fascist allies who will do anything and, yes, literally lock up their political opponents and trample upon the rule of law and make sure that they are not investigated and that they will go to the opposite extreme, that not only do they stop their own investigation, but they start an investigation on their opponents, the people that were actually following the law in the first place, and even lock up their own attorney general because he won't do their political bidding for them. If you're Jeff Sessions, you're any of his former colleagues in the Senate, you're another Republican, are you sure they're not going to come for you one day? They will lock up anybody that stands in their path, and they don't care about the law. They don't care about loyalty. They don't care about hand-wringing and tisk-tisking so far this week with Tuesday's primary victories. You had establishment telling us that, oh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, all of her candidates failed, so she is a failure. Everyone must laugh at her. Then you have people rightfully pointing out that, no, actually like four or five of the people she endorsed did win. It was was a big night. Um, But while everybody's kind of bickering about whether or not progressives should do the right thing and move to the left, or we should do the same thing we've done that lost us over a thousand seats and just stay in the middle and not change at all. 
They all seem to overlook a major victory that happened in Missouri this week when voters overturned a right to work law in that state through a voter referendum. The voters in the red state of Missouri stood up and said, hell no, Republican government, we're not going to accept your right to work, which is a right to work for less law. And we want unions to still have some power here in our state. Why? Because the people in Missouri obviously understand the benefits that unions provide. Unions have the ability through their bargaining power with the corporation that they're you know, working for to raise wages for other companies in that area by as much as 14%. So even companies that don't have unions, if you're in an area where there's a union at another company, your wages are going to go up. That's what happens. The rising tide lifts all shifts, and that rising tide is union power. The last time we had union membership in this country that was about 30 to 40 percent was also the last time that we had a strong middle class. And then when Reagan came along and destroyed the unions, membership plummeted into the low teens. So did middle class buying power. They diminished, they dwindled, they went away. And that sparked what still goes on today, which is the massive divide between the haves and the have-nots. Unions were the one thing that were bridging that divide, that were keeping CEO pay in check by allowing workers to get more for what they're doing, to get more benefits, to be able to take care of their family with health insurance and dental insurance and vision and all of that. As unions die, so do benefits, so do wages. And due to the fact that unions have suffered so many blows over the last 20 years alone, it is remarkable that the voters in the state of Missouri stood up and said, no, we're siding with the unions, we're siding with the workers over the Republican Party that is being funded by these corporations. That is a massive victory for union, and hopefully other states will follow the blueprint put forward in Missouri and do the same thing in their states and get rid of these disgusting pro-corporate right-to-work laws that do nothing to help you with your job freedom or job security, but they do everything to allow corporations to get away with the biggest fraud and abuse that you could ever imagine. One thing you can be sure 
like a guiding star I'll be there for you if you should need me You don't have to change a thing I love you just the way you are So come with me and share the view I'll help you see forever too Hold me now, touch me now I don't want to live without you Nothing's gonna change my love for you people can get on the phone and call and harass the newspaper. That is so, so wrong. And she should be fired, but she will not be fired because the Republicans are complicit. They are complicit in every single way. She should be fired. She tweeted the, the, we're talking about the op-ed here that Trump doesn't like. This is separate from the Bob Woodward, Woodward's book. This is separate from that. I mean, every time something come out about, every time somebody come out with a book negative uh, to Donald Trump, he, he comes out swinging. Donald Trump and a thug, <laughs> I can't keep saying it enough. But there's no way this man should be allowed in 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 office. He's he's a dictator wannabe. He'll never be a dictator of, of America. If he wants to be a dictator, let him go to one of those third world countries where the people uh, don't have any kind of rights. He should get out of America because he's not going to change anything. The only thing he's done is bring it down. And we the people, once this guy is done with, and he will be done with, Eventually, I know there's so many uh, people out there saying 
hurry up, Mueller, get get it done. We're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting patiently, patiently, uh, for you to get this guy out of out of uh, office. But remember, folks, there are six different uh, uh, investigations going on against Donald Trump. Six, six, including the Mueller investigation, the Russia uh, investigation. There's six. Any one of these can take him down. I'm thinking that nothing dramatic is going to come about on Trump during uh, so close to the midterms. I don't I don't think anybody's going to come out with anything. They're waiting until after the midterms to burn this guy. See, from the date of this show, we have about uh, at least two months uh, into the midterms. And because if I, I talked about this yesterday, if if one of the if these prosecutors come out with something right now, indicting Donald Trump or indicting Donald Trump Jr. or subpoenaing subpoenaing Trump or subpoenaing Donald Trump Jr. or, or come out with anything damaging, like yeah, leading up to the midterms, these Republican fucks will get on board and say the timing of this. They will be bitching about the timing so to avoid a lot of this uh bitching about the timing when this stuff comes out the prosecutors are probably going to wait until after the midterm so they will not say that the these investigations had anything whatsoever to do with the republicans getting their ass blown out of congress uh upon a blue wave so in some ways, I think it's best for uh, Mueller and some of these other prosecutors uh, not to come out with anything until after the midterms because they don't want to be saddled with, well, you you came out with this shit and, and Donald Trump lost. They don't want to say uh, – Mueller don't want to say – don't want to be blamed for a loss, a blue wave because that's what they would do. They would blame Mueller for the blue wave because he came out with – but. If you think about it, that's the same thing James Comey did in 2016. He came out with some – two weeks before the election, he came out with a bombshell saying Hillary Clinton's email this, her emails that. And some people feel that that cost her the election because he came out with shit two weeks before the 2016 election, presidential election. I'm I'm pretty sure that Mueller is probably trying to avoid that. So with my thinking, folks, I don't think there's nothing going to be happening uh, with the Justice Department or any of these uh, investigations until until after the uh, midterms. This way, the Republicans cannot come out and say, "Well, uh, it's Mueller's fault because he came out with these damaging." Uh, scenarios against Donald Trump and, and Donald Trump's team right before the midterms. And then again, I could be wrong. Mueller may come out with him in the next day or two. But my thinking is he probably won't. But getting rid of Donald Trump, Donald Trump is, <laughs> in my estimation, is never too soon. This guy, and a lot of people are thinking the more Donald Trump is in the White House, the more damage he can he can continue to cause, and that's true. The more damage he can continue to cause, 
And uh, I'm going to follow up on this. Sarah Huckabee Sanders should be fired. The Newsweek is saying this. Newsweek magazine is saying that she should be fired. Uh, And if this is true and accurate, and I do think Newsweek is a a true publication. I don't think Newsweek is fake news, say. Newsweek uh, saying that Huckabee... Sarah Huckabee Sanders should be fired for tweeting the newspaper's uh, phone number. Trying to try, they're trying to what they're trying to do is damage the press, damage the press, and she should be fired. But as I've, but she's gonna like this. Maybe Trump ordered her to do it. Maybe Trump told her to do it, or some other asshole Republican told her to do this. But you know what? All of this is just making a blue wave more presentable in the next two months. It's making a blue wave more presentable. These people are not going to stop being assholes. They're not going to stop breaking the law. They're not going to stop trying to be above the law. They are going to keep being the crooks and the thugs that they are. And I'm hearing that a lot of people are calling their senators right now and giving their senators, uh, especially their Republican senators, they are giving their Republican senators an, an earful because them assholes are trying to wreck, trying to wreck America along with their master, Donald Trump. And uh, I am so glad to know that uh, uh, Americans are in the asses of these crooked-ass Republicans, and they know what these crooked-ass Republicans are about. The thing is that these crooked-ass Republicans, they don't care. They don't care what their constituency think. They just want to um, wreak havoc, wreak havoc on the United States. I'll be right back. Donald Trump is freaking out right now over Bob Woodward's new book, Fear Trump in the White House. And on Tuesday, or excuse me, Wednesday morning, Donald Trump actually tweeted out a threat saying uh, maybe we should look into the libel laws in the United States so I could maybe sue him for libel. Um, The truth is, there's actually no change needed. If Donald Trump actually thought the things that Woodward were saying in his book were false, he would have already filed that libel lawsuit. There's literally nothing stopping him from doing that. He's just trying to paint the picture of, oh man, I would love to do this thing, but uh, these laws, and I I can't get around it, so he's just getting away with all these lies. Oh, you rascal. That's not what's happening. If he thought he was being libeled, he could already have filed the lawsuit against Woodward. But Trump doesn't think he's lying. And we know that because according to recent interviews in the Washington Post this week, most of the White House agrees that there is nothing false in Bob Woodward's new book. One of those people who doesn't think there's anything false in there happens to be Kellyanne Conway. According to a recent report by the Washington Post that spoke with sources inside the White House, Kellyanne Conway is telling people privately that Woodward has absolute credibility and that this book is very damaging for the Trump White House. If someone as horrible as Kellyanne Conway, someone who lies Anytime she goes on television, if even she is admitting behind closed doors that, yeah, this guy's telling the truth, then we've got some real problems here for the Trump administration. 
Furthermore, aides that spoke with the Washington Post have also said they haven't seen anything in the book yet that is untrue. Now, in spite of that, we have had uh, John Kelly and James Mattis come forward with statements saying, no, the things that are being said in that book, they're not true. I didn't say those things he said I said. Okay, Woodward has tapes. Woodward has taped conversations with Donald Trump himself. Woodward has hours and hours and hours of tapes and notes and all kinds of things to back up his claims. And that is why Donald Trump doesn't want to file that libel lawsuit. That is why Kellyanne Conway is saying, yeah, this guy's got credibility. Because Bob Woodward is of a generation in the United States when we actually had journalists who were doing their jobs. They weren't corporate toadies working for a cable news outlet. They were working to get people information. That's where Woodward came from. That's what he's been doing before, during, and after the entire Watergate scandal that him and Carl Bernstein broke. But he knows how to track his sources. He knows how to keep records. And he knows that if Donald Trump wants to hit him with a libel lawsuit, that it's only going to confirm everything he says in this book. And that is why Donald Trump is going to go out there and threaten all day long but he will never file that libel lawsuit because he knows he can't prove any of that false, but Woodward can likely prove all of it to be true. All right, folks. Okay. All righty. All right, you're on the George Wilder Jr. Show. Go right ahead. Yes, sir. How are you, my friend? I'm fine. Thank you. Yeah, this is uh, Mike uh, from Singapore. Anyway. Uh, Mike from Singapore, everybody. I, <laughs> yes, sir. And the question is, right now, everything is tearing apart around the globe right now, including the United States of America. You got I mean, that right. We have, had, we have had floods in Kerala. We have had, I mean, Japan typhoon with 6.7 earthquake on top of it. And we just had 8.2 earthquake again in Fiji Island. This is a double uh, earthquake, uh, 8.2 in less than three weeks. And plus other earthquakes we have had as a result of the first one. So, I mean, ring of fire is very bad shaking. And, uh, you know, the conditions of uh, countries are deteriorating so faster than, I mean, there is not one day we cannot find half of United States of America is underwater. I mean, or so-so uh, country is underwater. I mean, Thailand, was, uh, right now the typhoon is going towards already uh, Russia, China, and uh, uh, Taiwan. So, I mean, there are so many other hurricanes are hit, going to hit a uh, uh, couple uh, in a row, I believe, uh, Hawaii. So, there is not even one positive thing coming from any country. Iran is already system crashed today. As a result, one dollar is equal to 18,000 to man. So, in the time of the Shah of Iran, was one dollar 
seven to one. So, I mean, we are going to witness a massive war in Persian Gulf because Iran is going to go uh, close the Strait of Hormuz uh, one way to another because their economic sabotage, which is good, I do favor that because I hate mullahs as much as everybody else. We know that uh, Iran uh, terrorist government is a cancer in Middle East. There's no question about it. But at the same time, you know, in the United States, you know, we have this Donald Trump. Unfortunately, you know, if the Twitter would be taken off from him, I think he, he, some of the, his problems would be solved. But, yes, he has the biggest mouth uh, of, you know, uh, uh, ever uh, any of the other president, but uh, this Twitter is going to bring him down because uh, he, he he thinks whatever in his mind he tells it as it is, and that will be used against him. What do you think, sir? Mm. Uh, I want to thank you for your comment. Uh, we're up against the clock. Thank you so much. Bye bye. Okay, the George Wilder Judith Show is on the air.
All right, welcome back to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio, folks. We're having a great time. We're having a wonderful time. So glad you could tune in. Uh, the news is breaking all the time. <laughs> I mean, it's breaking as far as I can put it out there. But if you are following some of this stuff, it's just it's just awesome. If you're following some of this stuff, uh, something just came across my screen saying Rudy Giuliani, uh, we all know him as Donald Trump's hit lawyer. I'm thinking his, his lead lawyer says that Donald Trump will not sit down at all with special counsel, special counsel, I'm sorry, Robert Mueller. Trump will not sit down at all with him. As if, you know, as if sitting down with Donald Trump is uh, something someone would want to do. Okay, so now, now, hey, we know Donald Trump is not going to sit down with uh, Robert Mueller, no matter how Robert Mueller tried to make the questions easy for him. He just do not want to do it. Okay, by Donald Trump not wanting to sit down with Robert Mueller and answer questions into the Russia investigation, no biggie, because there's five, five or six other investigations coming after his ass. But we know why he won't sit down, because we know why he will not sit down with Robert Mueller, because Donald Trump will totally, totally lie. He will totally lie. And if he get caught lying, and uh, uh, he's going to call it a perjury trap. I don't think Donald Trump knows what a perjury trap is, even though his lawyers probably tried to explain it to him. He will still sit there and lie. So he's saying, uh, his lawyer, uh, Rudy Giuliani, is saying once again that Donald Trump will not sit down in any investigation with Robert Mueller, the special counsel who's investigating Russian collusion on his part, on Trump's part, and uh, the interference of meddling into the 2016 election, which it all happened. It all happened. So what does Mueller do now that he knows that Donald Trump will not ever sit down with him to answer a few questions into this investigation? Well, Mueller can subpoena him. Mueller can indict him. But I'm pretty sure that Donald Trump is saying, well, he cannot indict me because the Justice Department will not let, me, let him indict me. We don't know that. Just because the Justice, Justice Department has something on his book saying that you cannot, they cannot uh, indict a sitting president, that may not hold water with Mueller. Then again, it may. I don't know. Because he is an FBI man. He is a police officer. He is the FBI. So he may, if there is some, such a guideline within the Justice Department that a president, a sitting president cannot be uh, indicted, Mueller may just follow that and say Trump cannot be indicted. But there's no reason to why he can't not be subpoenaed. I'm pretty sure uh, uh, Rudy Giuliani wouldn't have said that if they, if Rudy Giuliani and the rest of Trump's lawyers did not go over the guidelines uh, in the Justice Department. I'm pretty sure Jeff Sessions shaking in his boots because his boss is in his ass uh, probably said he's going to try and protect Donald Trump from being uh, indicted. So that's not going to happen. So, But Mueller, uh, whether Mueller can indict him or whether Mueller go above 
and beyond the guidelines of the Justice Department and, and indict Trump anyway, that remains to be seen. If Mueller is going to subpoena Donald Trump, that remains to be seen. If this investigation ends uh, after the uh, midterms, that remains to be seen. If Donald Trump's talking about running again in 2018, I mean in 2020, sorry, in 2020, Donald Trump is starting to run again. That ain't going to happen. I don't think he's going to be the president, the, the Republicans nominee for 2020. Then again, they're so backwards and so stupid. They might just pick Donald Trump <laughs> to be their uh, nominee in 2020. But the people are not going to have it. The American people are not going to have it, and they know it. They know it. And um, this is just spent. I mean, this is just what's going on in the news today, folks, is just just. Uh, I mean, it's mind-boggling. Tomorrow, there will be something else. <laughs> there will be something else. And, uh, Saturday, uh, there will be something else. Weekend, there will be something else. Uh, following next week, there will be every day something else, some, probably something different. Breaking news, bombshell news, lashing out, being pissed off, something different every day. Not different, but some of the same things happening every day. Uh, uh, coming out of this administration. This is the most warped-ass administration that uh, I think any of us has ever seen. This is a lot worse. This is so much worse than Watergate, you cannot believe it. This is Watergate times 10. This is so much worse than Watergate. I don't know if America, after this shit is over and Trump is gone, because he's not going to remain there forever, uh, and Trump is out of there. Uh, America's got a lot of uh, uh, repairing to do. There's no doubt about it. Our our standing, our standing in the world, has been diminished, taken a hit from this goon that we have in have in the office. He's not my president. I don't think he's anybody's president. He's a fake president. He put himself in in, in the White House. Because he wants to destroy America. Remember, folks, and I keep saying this, Donald Trump has bad credit. Six six bankruptcies, excuse me, six bankruptcies. Donald Trump has bad credit. He cannot borrow money within the United States. He can't borrow money to do anything. If he does anything, he's going to have to do it with cash. He cannot borrow money from any bank, any institution, any credit union. <laughs> he cannot. He cannot borrow money, and maybe that's what he's pissed off at because, uh, because the United States will not let him do some of the things he wants to do. He wants to have his way with this country. A few weeks ago, he was talking about uh, 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 stopping federal workers' raises. He was stop wanted to stop their raises. Stop giving them raises. And a week before that, he wanted to find out ways how to easily fire them. Now, we don't hear anything about that. This is why I say, and I keep saying, Donald Trump talks out of his ass. Tomorrow, he will say something controversial. Tomorrow, he will say something to distract us on what we know about today. Okay? 
and I've said this over and over again. I don't know how Donald Trump survives all of this shit surrounding him. It just keep pouring down on him. Anybody with any rational rationality would have resigned. Donald Trump, he's not going to resign because he loves power. He's drunk with power. He wants to be looked up to. He wants to be revered. He wants to be told how great he is. He's not going to resign. He's going to go kicking and screaming from the White House. He's not going to resign. People say he should. He, he ought to. I, I do know that one of the, if he does resign, excuse me, if he does resign, uh, he becomes uh, an American citizen. Once he resigns, he's no longer president of the United States. He's going to be open for lots of indictments, a whole hell of a, a, a lot of re- indictments. Therefore, he is actually safe right now being president. Yep, Donald Trump is safe being president right now. Being president is saving his ass from prison. Because if the Justice Department, uh, if they're going by their guidelines that says you can't indict a sitting president, then Trump is safe so far as president. But once his presidency is over, um, he loses, he loses, or he's not nominated to be president again. Once his presidency is over, someone else is voted in as president. He's done. He becomes a private citizen. The indictments will be on their way. And the only reason why he hasn't been indicted now, the only reason I believe he hasn't been indicted now is because of the Justice Department's guidelines saying that you cannot, uh, you cannot, uh, they cannot indict a sitting president. That's probably the only thing saving his ass. And he knows it. And he knows it. The Republicans in Congress are just as complicit. They have the power to impeach. They have the power of checks and balances. They're not doing it. They're not listening to their constituency. They're not listening to the people who voted their asses in. A lot of people, even with some of these uh, Republican senators and some of these Republican representatives, they're getting their asses handed to them by the people who voted for them. But they're not listening because they don't care. They don't care what the people say who gave them their jobs. They don't care what the people say who gave them who gave them their uh, uh, great health care. They don't care about the people who have helped send their children, these politicians' children, to college and universities. They don't care anything about that. They don't even care not about – a lot of them don't even care about winning their elections. They, they're just going to take their tax cut and their uh, pension and leave. But I hope Mueller comes after them. I hope Mueller indicts a lot of them. Mueller may not be able to indict a sitting president, but he can indict a lot of them jackass congressmen. He can indict a lot of those folks. 
All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, it's always, it's always, it's always uh, something going on in America. We have to take our country back, folks, and I think we will. And I think we will because Donald Trump cannot last forever. I do think the walls are closing in. I do think he's coming, becoming more unhinged because he knows that he's going down. He knows that with all these investigations in his ass, he cannot last. He knows if, if he resigns, he becomes a private citizen. He will be arrested even quicker. There will, nothing, there will be nothing to save his ass like there is now. Uh, so he knows all of that. The former New Jersey governor, who also served as a member of President George W. Bush's cabinet, Christy Todd Whitman, writes in a Los Angeles Times op-ed titled, Calling My Fellow Republicans, Trump is Clearly Unfit to Remain in Office. Quote, I am a lifelong Republican. I have campaigned and won as a member of the party, and I have served more than one Republican president. We must put aside the GOP label, as hard as that may be, and demonstrate the leadership our country needs by calling on the president to step down. Not mincing words. Not, not trying to hide behind nuance. That's a clear statement. Christine Todd Whitman is out front. I appreciate your time. Look, I, I know that this took a lot for you to write, but I mean, just so people know, you weren't a Trump supporter. You'd come out and said, look, I voted for Hillary Clinton. But now you're coming out with this step down and you're doing it now. What made you decide to do this now? Well, the final straw for me was the way he <coughs> behaved over in Europe uh, for the EU and NATO meetings when he basically dissed our allies and set them aside and embraced Putin. And... When you take the oath of office, you agree and hold up your right hand and swear to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Putin is an enemy. He is not going to be our ally. <clears throat> Talking to him is fine. Nothing against that. But to fawn over him the way the president did, to set aside our allies, hmm. to throw everything into uncertainty on the people who are, for the people who are on our side in order to appear more closely aligned with somebody like Vladimir Putin, that's just not good for the country. So Republican voters, as you know, strongly back President Trump. Paul Begala was just raising this point, right? He was saying, I believe his 88, uh, our latest polling is 82%. Mm -hmm. No matter how you look at it, it is a stratospheric approval rating among Republicans. That's the key. They're among such a small percentage of the registered voters. But if you get all the Republicans to vote for him, but if you're only 29 percent, yes, he can. Oh, I, I don't doubt that he can. But if you're only 20, 29, and now I've heard 26 percent of voters identify as Republicans. So if you're talking, yes, if you get that out, it's a serious block. But that's a small percentage of the overall potential electorate. You're talking about the Trump base. The Trump base, mm -hmm. the Republican base, the, those who self-identify as Republicans now are between 26 and 29 percent. 30 percent is Democrats say they're Democrats and 40 is independents or unaffiliated. Hmm. So you've got a huge block and, and those that 40 percent is not going to even break 50. So would 50. you leave the party? Would you leave that 26 to 29? Well, I'm not in that 26 to 29. I'm, I'm an Eisenhower Republican and those are not the ones that they ever poll uh, as identified Republicans. Would you leave the party though, as some have done? No, not right now. I still want to fight for the party. I believe in the Republican Party and what we used to stand for. Hmm. I don't think that uh, Donald Trump is truly a Republican. I don't think he's truly a conservative, and I don't think he's good for the country. You know, the thing is, though, if he were to do what you're asking, not, to step Donald down. Donald Trump is not truly right, okay, a Republican. Fine, but if he yeah, were, that then Donald means Mike Trump. Pence. Mm -hmm. New York Times columnist uh, Frank Bruni, who was just here a couple of moments ago, um, 
said getting rid of Trump would be a mistake. His quote was, quote, there are problems with impeaching That's Donald a Trump. A big one is the holy terror waiting in the wings. That would be Mike Pence, who mirrors the boss more than you realize. He's also self-infatuated, also a bigot, also a liar, also cruel. All right, that's that's one person's very strong point of view. Right. But let's be clear, Mike Locking Pence has a very strong point of view on things changes. like abortion, oh, yeah. uh, the, the, the law oh, yeah. on on uh, you gender. know gender yeah, and right. and gay and lesbian this, relationships right. in Indiana. He has a strong point of view, mm-hmm. which his boss actually does not seem to have on those issues in the same way. No, would you but be I don't willing think, to take Pence over Trump? I don't think he will tweet us into a war or a difficult situation. I don't think he would disrespect the Constitution. I am not a fan in the sense that I don't agree with any of those positions. But that you he's would taken. take those positions. But for the next two years, Trump. I'd live with those two those positions. Wow. And so let me ask you about uh, Hugh, Hugh Hewitt in the Washington Post said, no matter what you think, um, the president has surrounded himself with superb cabinet members. His commitment to originalist judges and a sizable military rebuild are two of the most consequential aspects of his tenure. The economy is cooking. His point of view is he's done a good job. Well, the economy is cooking the best quarter since 2014. That was only four years ago under the much-hated and reviled Obama administration. So we've seen it before. Um, He should take credit because he'd get the blame if he didn't. Yes. You know, if he He were in there, there's no question about that. Um, And as I say, some of the people that have pushed back against me have been very thoughtful, and those are the points that they raise. But that, to me, does not trump, to use a, Mm -hmm. excuse that, Uh, trump what I see is a really dangerous undermining of the norms that are the basis of our democracy. This idea about false news, it scares me when the President of the United States will stand up and say, don't believe anything you see or anything you hear, all news is fake, only believe me. That should scare people to death. That's not the kind of country we are. That does scare you to death. I mean, that uh, 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 scares me. Don't believe what you see. Don't believe what you hear. Don't believe what you read. Only believe me. That is uh, uh, really, really uh, scary coming from a president, president of the United States. And I don't think Donald Trump is the president. Believe Donald Trump. Believe me. Believe Trump. What the hell? Trump has told over 4,000 lies. You can't believe him. You can laugh at him. That's about all you can do. Yeah, I do think he needs to go. Uh, and uh, I'll never stop thinking that because uh, I think uh, most Americans think that. I mean, now he's bitching about Bob Woodworth's book. And Woodworth is a credible reporter. He's been doing it for over 40, 50 years. And uh, he, he writes. Uh, before he writes or interviews anybody, he makes sure he gets the sources down there, right? He knows, makes sure he has proof because this is, uh, an era where lying is prevalent. So he's going to back his his book up with all kinds of notes, tapes, recordings, you know, uh, clips, video, anything. He's going to back all that stuff up. So for the Trump administration to say his book is full of lies, we're, we know who's lying. We know who's lying. This is not good, what we're living in, folks. It is not good. And once again, I want to say something uh, uh, that I said at the top of the show, that Michael Jackson would have been 60, (laughs) 60 years old. Can you imagine a 60-year-old Michael Jackson singing 
Billie Jean or Thriller or or some of those uh, uh, Jackson 5 tunes. <laughs> 60-year-old Michael Jackson. He's gone now. He's been gone for almost 10 years. And uh, I think his birthday was a few days ago. And I wanted to mention it on the show, but uh, I, I got sidetracked, as you can probably tell. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's amazing to think of, think of a 60 year old Michael Jackson and also, uh, Burt Reynolds, the actor. I mean, there's tributes all over the place for Burt Reynolds. I mean, when I first saw Burt Reynolds, I think it was in a TV show called Dan August. Uh, I always thought he, he always reminded me of, um, Marlon Brando, because I think when he was doing that particular television show, uh, he kind of favored Marlon Brando because because then he didn't have the mustache. Okay, he did not have the mustache. Um, And then I'm hearing that he was also in Gunsmoke. Uh, They said he did about 50 episodes of Gunsmoke. This was way back in 60, 61, something like that. Uh, I think he played a uh, uh, horsesmith or something, uh, uh, you know, fixes and tending to horses or something like that. A Gunsmoke, which was a uh, television show. And he said, I I don't remember any of that. So, (laughs) but I'm just saying what I'm reading here on MSN.com. And, uh, you know, but I do remember... Uh, some of his movies, especially Seamus, uh, Smokey and the Bandit. Um, what else? There were so many of them. I think he made about 90 movies. Um, Seamus, uh, The Longest Yard, I think that's the most famous one. Um, yeah, uh, Burt Reynolds is gone, and uh, Michael Jackson is, <laughs> would have been 60 years old. Aretha Franklin, she's gone. John McCain is gone. Trump is still with us, <laughs> and, and a lot of people are wondering why. <laughs> I mean, when I say people, I'm talking about people in high places. I'm talking about uh, newspapers, you know, websites, uh, corporations, uh, because Donald Trump is ruining the country. He doesn't know what the hell he's doing. He wants to take the country down. We're not going to let him do that. We've got to get that monster out of our White House. Uh, a few months ago, or was it a year ago, uh, uh, there was talk and there was uh, a report out saying that Donald Trump called the White House a dump. And I said to myself, I believe it, because that seems like what something Donald Trump would say. And remember the shithole comments? Those things will never go away. They will always be a part of the public record. But Trump will always deny them. Even in a room full of people who witness it, he will deny it. Even if it's on video, if it's been recorded, Trump will deny it. And expect for you to believe it. Because he he expects for you to believe things because he says it. Even if it's a lie. And even if he walks it back the next day or the next two days he walks it back, he expects you to believe his lie, and then he, then he expects you to believe it when he walks back that lie. 
there like there are so many books written about Donald Trump and there are so many books to be written about Donald Trump. And most of those books will be will be valid. And a lot of those books will be saying the same thing that the other books are saying. Basically, he's the worst president ever. His administration is the worst ever. Basically, that's all those they're going to be saying. I mean, if you summarize every book about Donald Trump, even my book that's coming out, you would probably say, hey, wow, they're just saying that he's the worst president ever. But we are providing details. We are providing some de- <laughs> detail and lots of it because Trump uh, gives us something every day to write. He gives us something every day to talk about. He distracts us from things he doesn't want us to focus on <laughs> and try to get us to focus on uh, the current uh, scandal or breaking news that he's uh, creating. Yeah, so I do think that Trump should be out of there. Uh, Trump has no business being president of Trump has no business being president of the United States. Let me say that again. Trump has no business being president of the United States. Vote blue, everybody. Take care. Hatred from the mighty 
the mighty from the small. 